Welcome to season three of Inside My Canoe Head, a podcast about individual emergency preparedness, where we talk about topical issues of the day. We interview people who are dealing with it on a regular basis. We ask the tough, difficult, and controversial questions. Sit back, relax. Let's get to it. My friends, we are in the festive season. I got my Santa hat on, and today we're going to talk about preparedness and the holidays. What the world looks like when we all start eating some fat pills and drinking way too much devil's juice, smoking a little devil's weed, and whatever else you may get yourself up to over this time period. At the same time, the world seems to be coming apart at the seams because of a latest Greek letter named friend that has shown up. And on top of the pandemic and everything else that's going wrong in the world, the Russians about to invade Ukraine, the Chinese about to take Taiwan, and oh, by the way, your politicians are stealing and robbing your tax dollars. But other than that, life is awesome. So here we are in the holidays, getting ready to celebrate however we do, irrespective of your religious affiliation. Let's just say that this time of year is a time for reflection, a time when we all sit back and say, boy, that didn't go as planned. That's not what I thought this year would look like. Let's try again. So I don't know whether you're up for uh, resolutions in 2022. I most certainly am. Uh, but let's just say that I don't publicly make a lot of those resolutions, but I'm going to do a New Year's show once we cross over that magical barrier and talk about what I think preparedness goals for the new year should look like. But I'm going to do that in the new year, not right now, because right now it's all about the wonderful holidays. Listen, so you're going to maybe travel, probably you're staying home this uh, this holiday season. There's a lot of indication that that's a pretty good idea. Um, though I have some friends who are going to travel. And listen, let's be frank, I don't blame them a bit. I mean, at a certain point, you have to understand that I was, I, you know, this comes from a video I was watching from a sociologist from Yale uh, talking on a YouTube uh, interview published on Christian Annenpors. She's, she's an old uh, CNN uh, reporter. She's got her own channel now. Some of the people that uh, that work for her did an interview for um, th- this channel. Anyhow, they were talking to a Yale sociologist, and he put it really frankly that, you know, this pandemic ends when pretty much everybody on Earth gets exposed to the virus, and either one of two things occurs your vaccine-induced immunity prevents you from getting the virus, or you get the virus, you survive, and then your natural immunity prevents you from getting it again. So really, we're going to get to that stage. Most people think that's going to happen in 2022. So some people are like, hey, listen, I'm double vaxxed. I got my booster or I'm scheduled for my booster. I haven't done some crazy fun things in the holiday. I'm just going to go do it. So I understand why a lot of people are thinking about doing some crazy things or just getting out and going and saying, you know what? The heck with it. Uh, Life is short. But let's talk about preparedness. Where are you going to be? Location is number one. We all believe in this channel, and I strongly support the fact that the pretty much your primary focus on preparedness needs to be about hunkering down or 
what they colloquially refer to as bugging in. And that's because this is where you live. Everything you need for life is here because you're still alive. So you obviously have everything you need. Any preparedness preparations that you've made are in your house. So logically, you probably work from your house or a portion of your job from your house. So logically, it makes sense that your your home is your base. Your home is where you're safest. Uh, but what if you're not there? So you're on holidays, you're, you're traveling, you're, you're going to see friends, you're staying overnight in an alternate place. I mean, really, how much of the preparedness world do you have to consider? I mean, this isn't a high threat environment where you're looking for your entry points, your exit points, your initial egress, your alternate egress. Uh, you're not looking at a room full of people of who you're going to take out first when you know what hits the fan. I, that's not the type of world we're talking about. So that bearing in mind, what are you going to do? What, what do you need to consider when you're on holidays and you are not in your regular hunkered down, bunkerized home that you call home base? Pretty easy. It's simple. Um, make sure that you understand the basic animalistic requirements. And I return to that a lot on this channel and it makes a world of sense when you're not at home because it doesn't overcomplicate things. Uh, you look at shelter. I mean, the gray bearded green beret who is famous uh, on YouTube and he's got a whole bunch of different channels. Uh, he puts it down to the regulation of core body temperature. So you can call it shelter. I don't care whatever. Clothes is shelter. He says you have to have clothing and then you have something to sleep under, something to sleep in, and something to sleep on. And basically that means, are you able to regulate your core body temperature where you are? So basically it means dress for the bloody weather, right? Like, so let's be serious. If you're going out for an event for a weekend or something and you're going to a friend's house it's the winter. I live in Canada. It's going to get pretty cold here. It was minus 17 this morning and there was no wind chill. It was just the raw temperature. So let's just understand that you need to dress for the weather and be prepared to be out in the weather. Even if you're going to some place to visit friends and family, make sure you're bringing the appropriate or wearing the appropriate clothing uh, to be outside in the environment, whether you intend to or not, because in the very unlikely event, you may actually find yourself out in the environment. So it's something as simple as when you go over to your cousin's place for the weekend to start celebrations or whatever, you you're wear, you got winter boots with you. You got your hat, your mitts, your, your proper winter jacket. Um, you've got you know, good, warm, solid, durable clothing on, not just your fancy, dancy party outfit that looks really good and it's matching and it's cool, but when you have to stand outside in it, uh, it doesn't work very well. So, you know, it doesn't take a lot to do that. You just, you know, you, you wear winter boots to somebody's house, you take them off in their entranceway, you put on your indoor shoes, everybody's happy, they smile at you, they, they're happy you're there, and they don't even know that you're doing the preparedness things. You have a couple of things thrown in the inside jacket of your pocket and you look great. You're in your holiday outfit, but you're 100% prepared to deal with it. Unless you live in a part of the country or a part of the world that is food insecure or has challenges in potable water, for the very short period of time, you are going to have access to that. Um so you're not really worried about that much. The regu core regulation of body temperature, I think, should be 
the most important thing, but I think it's really crazy. I carry a small sleeve of AquaTab water <laughs> purification tablets uh, in my jacket. Um, so I can take a one liter bottle of water and I can drop in a purification tablet and 30 minutes later, I'm going to make sure the water is not going to hurt me. People call me a bit weird, but that wouldn't be the first time that happened. Um, so really in the grand scheme of things, that's what you got to worry about. Um, you know, it's like whenever I travel away from my home, I think of it in the context of my city's about 30 kilometers across. I can do that in a day, even in bad weather, it'll be uncomfortable. I'll be a little cold, might even get some frostbite, but I can walk home. I don't need water. I don't need food. I'll be fine. Uh, the difference is, is when you're f what I would call more than a good day's walk away from home. And what I do for that perspective is, is I always frame it in the question, if I have to walk home from where I am, what do I need and do I have that with me? Now, this can be super simple or it can be pretty complex. Again, it gets back to what I said about having the appropriate clothing with you. And so, for example, and I've said this on a, on a previous episode, I used to, to live in Petawawa, which is an hour and a half down the road from Ottawa, but then I would work in Ottawa during the week. So I would find myself saying, hey, listen, I'm, you know, it's 150 kilometers, let's just say roughly. Um, on a good day with great footwear and good weather, you can knock off 50 kilometers. It's tough, but you can do it. So I'd say to myself, I may be in a position where I have to walk home for three days and two nights. Do I have everything with me, weather dependent, time of year dependent to make that happen? So I just had a small bag of stuff in my car because that's the situation I was in. I didn't keep it in my car 100% of the time as I drove around the city. It just wasn't necessary, right? So I kept it in my house and I put it in the car when it was needed for those trips back and forth. So I understood that because I've built my preparedness world around staying in my house and all of my kit and equipment and that type of thing is sitting in my house, I look at it from the perspective of, how far is it to get to my house? So if it's a three-day walk, I have that with me. Now, the next thing that I, I think is important is what is what do you need to consider when you're going to a, let's just say a tropical destination. So if you're a bold and aggressive individual and you say, and you know what, the heck with it, I'm out and I'm going to Cuba over Christmas, I'd love you, I'd love to be there. But if you are, there are some preparedness considerations you have to think because there are some things you can bring on the plane and carry and carry on luggage. And there are things uh, that you cannot. You have to think about going back to the animalistic uh, basics. You, you, unless the world goes really sideways, what's probably likely going to happen at this time of year is you're going to run into issues regarding the... Uh, border of Canada and returning to Canada. Now, we understand that most uh, countries have availability of PCR testing, right? And airline, international airlines, when returning to Canada, will require you to have a negative PCR test uh, to get on the plane. Now, understand as a Canadian citizen, the Canadian Border Services Agency cannot deny you re-entry into the country. How they get around that is putting in regulations against the airline that you're not allowed to get on the plane 
unless you have a negative COVID test. What I'm trying to get at is you take all the precautions, you find yourself, you're double vaxxed, you can travel, not a problem, you go to Cuba. For some unlikely and unfortunate reason, your PCR test comes back positive and you're in a foreign country. Remember that 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 place may be, your, your resort may be completely booked, which means you don't can't just assume that you are going to be able to stay an additional week or 10 days at the current resort where you're at while you wait for the COVID. Their local rules may require you in the country of Cuba, let's say, to quarantine outside and away from the resort. So now you're under the quarantine regulations of the country that you've chosen to visit and you don't have access to the resort. Now you're talking real issues. Now you're talking what do I need to do? And I think this is the biggest preparedness message for those that are traveling internationally over the holidays for this type of world we're living in today. Less so conflict in the country. Always those are a possibility. You probably shouldn't be choosing, you know, reasonable. You should probably choose reasonably secure countries to visit. But let's just say the biggest threat we're facing now as individuals is if you get a COVID positive test uh, in a foreign country, which prevents you from boarding an airline and you're now required to leave the resort. So Mexico, you know, some of the resorts in Mexico are some pretty questionable areas of the country, which are perfectly fine as long as you stay on the resort. The security is good enough. If you have to leave that resort and go to a local hotel and start to have to get food on the local economy, if you're allowed out because of quarantine regulations, you're now in significant trouble. So the issue that I think is most important for people to reflect on now, and again, this is like the message that I keep on this preparedness channel. It's not expensive, it's, it's you taking, sitting down with your favorite beverage for a couple of minutes and reflecting on what is my plan when myself or one of my family group that we're traveling with has a positive COVID test in Puerto Vallarta and we are kicked out of our resort and are, we are forced to live on the local economy. What are the Mexican government and the local state government's regulatory framework and current set of rules for quarantine of foreigners who test positive and PCR results. How long do I have to wait and to get a negative test before I can rebook? What is the airline's responsibilities towards me, if any? And what are the airline's rebooking capacity and, and process for funding when I get that positive test, I'm denied boarding and I have to stay at Puerto Vallarta on the economy for a couple of weeks. And then I try to buy a plane ticket back to Canada. What does that COVID process look like? Who do I have to inform? What are my consular services available to me in that country? And a lot of Canadians forget this. That's that fee you pay on your passport, that big consular fee. So when you're going to Mexico, understand that if you're in this town of Puerto Vallarta, how are you going to contact a local Canadian consulate or the Canadian embassy in the capital city of the country? Let's hope there is a Canadian embassy. So these are all the pieces of information from a preparedness perspective that is mucho, mucho important for you 
to know ahead of going wheels up on that awesome well-earned vacation. And again, it's a bunch of notes, handwritten in a document, probably always better handwritten in a notebook that's stuffed into your carry-on um, because you never know what could happen to your phone. And the concept is simply that you thought through the most likely thing that could occur to you to derail your ability to board that aircraft and return to Canada. I'm not going to say anything about the ridiculous things our Canadian dictatorial government is doing about... Um, you know, seizing Canadians upon arrival and quarantining them against their will. Um, we'll leave that. I think you can take from those words what I think about it. Deal with that as you will. Uh, the point being is is that the big threat is, is not being able re to return to your country. If you're traveling within Canada, obviously you're in a modern first world state. Your odds of uh, going hungry, starving to death and not getting access to potable water is pretty low. Uh, Health care between the provinces is okay. Um, and your biggest issue then is just going to be, you know, we live in the northern climate extreme. Always, always make sure that when you leave the house, even for something as ridiculous as going to the grocery store, as a measure of preparedness, that you are dressed in the clothing that is appropriate to walk home from your destination. That's all I remind myself. Do I, or at least I have it with me. Am I able, when I go to the grocery store, which my favorite grocery store is probably about eight kilometers from my home in the city of Ottawa, am I wearing appropriate clothing based upon the current weather to walk home? And if the answer to that question is no, then I'm not dressed appropriately. It's not hard. It doesn't take a lot. I live in, I live in Canada. I have toques. I have gloves. I have scarves. I have winter coats. I have winter boots, you know, like this is, I don't have to buy anything new. I don't have to do anything differently other than the simple Boy Scout mantra of be prepared. Am I wearing the appropriate clothing? You know, if I'm going to go for a, a little trail hike, which is a, what a lot of people love to do in the beautiful snow. Uh, AdventureSmart.ca has all kinds of fantastic hints uh, for those of you who are going to venture into the backcountry, people who are going to snowmobile or ATV, there's a lot of great hints and things that you can do to make sure that you're best prepared. No one thinks that their well-maintained machine is going to break down on them in the backcountry or that they're going to get lost or something else is going to occur. Always remember that when you leave society and enter the wildlands as I like to refer to them okay you're probably out of your element and probably significantly so if you didn't have that ATV or you didn't have that trail to follow or all of a sudden you looked around and realized you were no longer on the trail and you know there wasn't enough snow down for you to follow your footprints backwards or something along that lines always make sure that when you venture into the woods that you're prepared to stay overnight and I just again that's a simple reminder it's not complex think about it I'm going for a day hike uh, you know it's an eight kilometer path we're gonna have a great time am I prepared to stay overnight bring a backpack this doesn't take much if you can't carry a backpack for eight kilometers you probably shouldn't be going on an eight kilometer nature hike anyhow the point being is is it's just preparedness is you sit back and you take a second to think about what could possibly go wrong and then what am I intending to do about that? What am I likely going to want to do about that? And do I have the necessary tools 
clothing and equipment with me to execute that as I would like to. Again, nobody needs a 100 pound bug out bag to enjoy the holidays. The point of all of this is, is that in the midst of the joy of the holidays, even amongst a pandemic and an Omicron variant going around and governments doing crazy dictatorial authoritarian things to us, you just got to think back and remember that the most important question in preparedness is who is responsible for your outcomes? And the answer to that is you. In the end, the individual is ultimately responsible for their outcome. And therefore, preparedness always speaks to us and simply says, hey, listen, get out there, get after it and have an incredible life and do all those wild and wonderful, crazy things that brings joy to you. But you do them after spending a couple of minutes with your favorite beverage in your favorite chair, doing a bit of reflection about, hmm, what happens if things don't go the way I think they're going to go? What happens if Murphy's Law shows up? What am I intending to do? You walk your way through it, chalk your way through it. In your head, you come up with a couple of things. And before you know it, it turns out there's not a lot of extra stuff to do. And you feel better. Listen, I've never had to walk home three days and two nights in Canada because my car broke down. But I still take that kit every time I go that distance. Why? Because it really takes nothing. It's a bit of preparedness. I'm just a little bit that much more confident. And let me tell you, there's there's a lot of people that get stuck in snowstorms or accidents on rural highways uh, for several hours because of you know, a smash up until the road gets clear, nobody, and there's no side roads to go off of, and you're sitting there, you can't necessarily let your car run for five or six hours to stay warm. You know, what's better than being able to brew your uh, your best friend, your beautiful wife, a uh, cup of tea? What's better than that? A nice cup of coffee. You know, boil up an instant meal, a mountain house meal, and scarf down some growlies. I mean, you know, throw a blanket or something on top of you to stay warm so you don't have to burn all your gas, which is a bad idea. You know, those things are not that challenging to do. They don't cost any extra money. Bring the bloody spare blanket from your home. You don't have to go buy a wool blanket. You don't have to go buy anything, okay? Uh you know, you, you can buy an alcohol stove for less than a latte costs you, a grande latte costs you at Starbucks. So please don't tell me you can't afford any of that. And if you can afford to put gas into your car, which today is a bit of a challenge, I'll give you that, uh, you can afford to have a couple of things in the back seat or in the trunk just in case something bad goes wrong. It's not that difficult. It's not the zombie apocalypse. It's not a question of bushcraft and being able to set up a shelter in the wood line and make this massive fire and, and go out and start trapping rabbits to survive. We're not talking that kind of apocalyptic life. We're just talking about how to deal with unfortunate things that occur. So listen, I hope these few little pointers make your holidays a little bit better. Uh, I'm going to have a year-end message, so this is not that, but I wish you the best of everything in the holidays. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us here at Inside My Canoe Head. If you have any comments, drop us a line at jeff at preparednesslabs.ca. Hit me up on Instagram, DM me on Twitter, however you want to reach out. Give me some ideas. Tell me things you'd love to hear me talk about. Tell me you don't want to hear me talk. Anymore. Whatever it is that you want to say. I look forward to all the messages. We got some great stuff coming up in the next year. As you've noticed, the frequency of podcasts have increased to around 
two per week. We're trying to keep with the Monday, Tuesday podcast more focused on public policy related to preparedness and bigger picture stuff with Thursday, Friday discussions like today on topical, important individual preparedness issues. So enjoy your rest period. Enjoy your holidays. Remember, none of us are getting out of this thing called life alive. So take the time and breathe. As Buddha said, the biggest mistake in life we make is thinking that we have time. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Talk to you next week.